It's been a long time coming, but it is uh, finally time to get the Belleville Sense podcast off the ground. 36 games in, halfway through the 2022-23 American Hockey League season, and what better time to start getting you up to date week by week on how things have been going with the Sens. We'll uh, introduce you to some of the folks around uh, the office uh, here uh, for uh, the first 10 or 12 episodes at least, and uh, a whole lot more interviews, uh, some trivia perhaps, uh, Really, Joel Vanderland, the uh, book is wide open with what we do with this uh, weekly show. So uh, we're glad to have uh, all those listeners along, and uh, hopefully we can provide a little bit more insight uh, and in-depth information on the club. Yeah, and it's really exciting that we kind of have a blank canvas here, and we can kind of take this uh, in any direction we we see fit. Um, And like you mentioned, uh, kind of give a more in-depth look to the Senators fans of what's going on around the organization and kind of let the players' uh, personality shine through the front office, uh, kind of get to know them as well. Maybe you don't uh, see them uh, at the forefront as much, but uh, they do a lot of important work. Yeah, uh, we'll start right now, but because this is a uh, blank canvas and we're always looking for feedback, uh, you can reach out to us if you like what you've heard on this first episode. If you want to hear something different, something more, uh, you can reach out to us at info at com or through any of our social media channels at Belleville Sends. We're always open to feedback uh, here uh, at the Belleville Senators, and specifically in this case, the Belleville Sends podcast. Uh, my name's David Foote, uh, Joel Vanderland, as we introduced as well, here with you too, and um, we're going to start off every show by recapping the last week uh, of action uh, around the team, and uh, not a great week for the Belleville Sends, uh, coming off of a pretty good week. Uh, three wins in a row uh, a couple weeks ago, and now last week, a pair of losses to Cleveland and Manitoba. Uh, let's start with the Friday game against Cleveland, uh, Joel. That three-game win streak comes to an end, and overall not a uh, in- completely uh, and utterly exciting uh, hockey game, really, as the Sens fall 2-1, to one, and one of the more low-scoring affairs that we've seen this year. Yeah, and especially like you mentioned, coming off such a high in the week uh, past, and um, they got 32 shots on net on Pavel Kajan, who, who made 32 saves, and Josh uh, Dunn kind of led the way from the Monsters, scoring twice. Um, but like you mentioned, kind of a slow burn to that game. Uh, the Monsters kind of trapping them out as well, um, kind of wanting to play to their identity. Um, Scott Sabrin was lucky enough to, to kind of hit the, the scoreboard again as he continues his strong play as he collected his 12th of the season. But but like you mentioned, just not overly an exciting game, low-scoring game, um, kind of Monsters kind of dictated a little bit how they wanted the game to go and, and ended up with a win. And with the stretch the team's been on, it's been busy. Uh, if, you, if you haven't been following along, basically running on a three-game-a-week schedule for the last probably month and a half. And this was one of those weeks where there was only two games, Friday and Saturday. And, and we talked with head coach Troy Mann throughout the week uh, about uh, – how that might impact things and from where we sit upstairs it certainly to me seemed like the guys were a little bit out of rhythm come uh, the weekend and and I think that carried right through to Saturday as well. Yeah and I think we're learning too as we kind of go through the season it's such habitual kind of guys have their habits right Mm -hmm. they 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 want to know when they're playing if they're playing every Wednesday they want to keep playing every Wednesday And, and Troy said they tried to mimic it with with a harder practice on Thursday um, to try to kind of get the guys in in game speed, but uh, it seemed to to kind of not maybe, not work. Yeah, not work. <laughs> I guess is is the simplest yeah. way to put it. Um, 
but yeah, like you mentioned, they're they're so structured down there with their schedule, and um, yeah, that could be one of the reasons why uh, they came out a little bit slow on Friday night. Uh, Saturday, uh, much the same. Uh, against the Manitoba Moose, a team that just plays so well defensively. And uh, if you listen to the broadcast on the Belleville Sens Entertainment Network, that was something uh, that uh, Brock Ormond and I talked about uh, throughout the course of the game um, and something that really worked in Manitoba's advantage. They're just a team that uh, stacks up at the blue line. They force you to make a decision, and if you make the wrong one, you're going to lose the puck, and they're going to be back the other way. And uh, as well as the Sens played defensively on Saturday, Manitoba able to find a couple of holes in the armor of Mad Sogard en route to a 4-2 win. Yeah, and you're not going to win too many games when you only take 16 shots on net. Yeah. And, uh, I buried the lead. Yeah, It was yeah. a season-low 16 shots on goal. And and uh, to the Belleville Senators' credit, um, very resilient club as we've seen this year, and and they kind of got going late in the third. Uh, Angus Crookshank scored. Ridley Gregg continues his impressive season, also finding the back of the net. But like you mentioned, the structure of the Manitoba Moose dictated the game from the from the onset, and um, not a particularly bad game from the Belleville Senators. Just couldn't really. Uh, get anything going and uh that's tough to to kind of when you're looking after friday night to get going uh and have kind of another slower start slower burn type of game um i know troy is gonna have the guys right uh busy week um coming up against some some really good uh competition so um yeah it's it's it was a difficult week and um the Belleville centers uh coming off uh uh, such an impressive week the week before finding the back of the net in bunches um, kind of have to go back to the drawing board now uh, we will of course get to what's coming up this week a little bit later on on this first episode of the Belleville Sense podcast at David Foote and Joel Vanderland here our first get to know your FO or front office segment coming up later on as well with Alex Smith who again if you listen to the broadcast you'll be uh, familiar with him because we shout him out all the time for his social media work uh, on the, the Belleville Sense social media uh, accounts uh, at Belleville Sense so he'll be with us later on as well um Mentioned right off the top, we're 36 games in now. With those two losses last week, Belleville sits uh, in the uh, bottom half of the division, uh, sitting in fifth place right now. Um, still on that playoff cut line, which is good news. Uh, and these games, as fast as the first 36 went, the next 36 are going to go faster, and the games are only going to get more important. Um, that's also part of why we decided to launch the show right now, to uh, you know build that hype and get some people on the uh, B-Sense train as they push towards a, another playoff appearance. But um, maybe in a general sense, Joel, how is this year kind of stacked up to what you expected at the start of the season? Um, you know, on paper, this team was pretty good at the start of the year, and then they've just been blasted with injuries and uh, the regular call-ups to Ottawa and um, just some runs of poor play as every team goes through. But how has uh, this year stacked up to maybe what you expected coming in? I think uh, generally it's kind of how you expected it to go, especially with the North Division. It's always so tight. Um, when you kind of look at the rosters at the beginning of the year and, and you see the defense that Belleville was able to to kind of bring in this season and the depth of the blue line. And I think that when the guys are down and not in Ottawa, that's been a strength, um, especially when uh, Jacob Bernard Docker's been down, uh, Dylan Hetherington, their captain. But I think overall it's, it's kind of been hard to get a true picture of what this team is going to be just due to the sheer amount of injuries, recalls they've had. Um, goalie injuries have been a big uh, talking point early in the season. Matt Sogard seems to be healthy now, playing well. 
Um, so I think if if the team can get to a spot where they're starting to to kind of find their rhythm now, their goaltending's been solidified, their defense has kind of come in and been solidified. Now it's just kind of the missing piece of let's get the offense solidified now. Let's get Roby back in the lineup. Let's get Jace <laughs> Howerlock back in the lineup. Victor Lodine um, for a continued stretch. I think they'll be fine. Um, they've kind of survived to this point. They're in a playoff spot at the midway point, which is encouraging to see, albeit very, very tight with Laval and Cleveland. Uh, only two, I, Laval's tied points-wise, and now Cleveland's a point back. So very, very tight, going to come down to the end like it always does in the North Division. But I think the encouraging signs are when they have been healthy for stretches, they've been very good. Um, and beating the top teams in the division. They beat the Toronto Marlies a few times this season. They beat uh, the Rochester Americans. They've they've beaten uh, the Utica Comets. Like, they've beaten everybody. It's just uh, a matter of getting the uh, getting the form to be consistent. And, and like you said, those injuries, I think, uh, healing up will go a long way. Um, again, if you haven't been following along too closely, Joel mentioned Jace Howerluck and Victor Lodine. They've kind of been in and out with injuries throughout the course of the season. Some of the more longer-term ones now are uh, Roby Arvente, who's in a, a crucial year for him, third year as a pro, and uh, coming off of uh, the Summer World Juniors where he played pretty well. He got hurt back in Rockford and has missed 27 games now because of that, and, and this is a guy who is really going to be relied upon to provide some offensive punch up front. Uh, same with Philippe Daou, who's not as experienced professionally as, as Roby Yervente, but um, was going to come into his first full pro season off a Memorial Cup win and uh, was off to a good start. Now he's missed 18 games. He's done for the season uh, with shoulder surgery coming. And then Lassie Thompson is probably the last big name who was out a defenseman, but still a guy who adds a little bit of uh, – offensive punch and certainly will help on the power play. Uh, Matt Wedman, depth forward. Brendan Saulnier, depth forward, also still out. Saulnier should come back uh, hopefully within the next week or so, but that's just a handful of what uh, the Sens have been dealing with, uh, not to mention your uh, reigning MVP, Jake Lucchini, got, uh, I don't want to say an unexpected call-up to the National Hockey League, but um, I don't think there was a lot of people who you know, would have expected Jake Lucchini to be up, especially for as long as he has been. Rourke Sharche, again, big piece of the offense, is up there and now hurt in Ottawa. It really has been a difficult season for Troy Mann and his staff to have to wade through all these roster moves. And I think all things considered to be, you know, just a few points back of, of second place and um, I guess 11 points back now. But uh, to be still in the mix, I suppose, is is pretty impressive still. Yeah, and I think that, like you mentioned, is a big credit to Troy Mann, his staff, and, and we see them day in and day out, always working, um, kind of honing their craft, helping these guys to, to be put in the best position possible. Like you mentioned, Jake Lucchini, Rourke Chartier up in Ottawa, that's a lot of your your center depth gone. That's your top two line centers. Um, Chartier, 14 goals in 24 games, so that's a guy that you're kind of relying on him yeah yeah to kind of carry the load offensively and i think to to see some of these guys like igor sokolov be a point of game guy ridley greggs just under the point of game line to see that they've been able to kind of carry the load and without those guys there to to support them i think is very impressive and it's only going to help them when those guys return to kind of say okay we can do it now now we get the reinforcements let's go to work um 
And like you mentioned, Lassie Thompson, he offers definitely a different dynamic to that defenseman as a as a kind of a true puck mover. Um, they were missing that with when Jonathan Aspro was also out throughout parts of the season. So yeah, first twenty five ish games he missed. Yeah. So now you got Max Gannett, you got Lassie Thompson, you got Jonathan Aspro. Now you can start creating a little bit from the back end to go along with those shutdown guys of JBD, Hetherington, uh, Rubens. Larson's been coming on strong lately. Max Gannett's had an excellent uh, season so far, uh, helping to kind of fill that role uh, that Lassie Thompson sort of plays, the puck mover, the uh, power play quarterback, that sort of role. Yeah, so I think overall it bodes well for if this team can get healthy that you've kind of seen the the depth pieces, so to speak, kind of shine through and, and the younger pros kind of shine through and um, kind of kind – of lead the way here and make sure that, that things are in a, a, a spot where when these guys come back, they can push for a playoff spot. So to sum it all up, the first half of the season has been uh, up and down. Sens are sitting, as we mentioned, fifth of seven in the North Division. Uh, that would qualify them for the play-in round of the playoffs, uh, much like was the case last season. Um, only a couple points back of Syracuse in fourth, seven points back of uh, Rochester in third, uh, and then uh, Utica and Toronto starting to pull away a little bit. But um, as we know, and with all the divisional play in the American Hockey League, anything can happen, and uh, even that gap up to Toronto technically could shrink if the Marlies uh, go on the schneid and, and the Senators get hot. So lots can happen in the next uh, 36 games, uh, which continues on Wednesday night. The Toronto Marlies are here at CAA Arena Wednesday and Friday for a couple of games. The Hershey Bears are here Saturday. Uh, if you're interested in uh, getting to the game, you can head to Ticketmaster.ca for single-game seats or uh, my recommendation is to head to BellevilleSense.com and check the promo offers because uh, there are lots of good ones to get you the best bang for your buck if you're planning to uh, head to CAA Arena to take in a Belleville Sens game. Here are the uh, statistical leaders through 36 games for Belleville. Rourke Chartier among the team leaders in goals with 14. Igor Sokolov, uh, 25 assists and 36 points. Chartier's got seven power play goals. Cole Reinhardt and Ridley Gregg each have a pair of shorthanded goals. Uh, Jacob Bernard Docker, who was just recalled to Ottawa again, has the best plus minus on the team at plus six. Antoine Bebo, the most wins in net with six. Mad Sogard's getting close right behind him. Uh, Sogi has the best GAA and save percentage uh, among the three goaltenders on the roster at 302 and .904 respectively. And um, again, those, uh, the, those team statistical races are pretty tight as well because we've got a lot of guys who are having uh, good campaigns here through 36 games, again, despite the mixed results um, on the ice. Uh, Transaction-wise, uh, mentioned Jacob Bernard Docker, Recalled to Ottawa, Chad Yetman was released from a PTO, and Alex Breton released from the PTO uh, last week too, as well as an ECHL trade that kind of affects the Belleville Sens. Uh, Logan Flodell, who's on a two-way ECHL-AHL deal with Belleville, traded from Allen to Norfolk as we uh, continue to keep an eye on what's happening in the ECHL as well. Uh, mentioned that success of Igor Sokolov. He was named uh, to the... AHL All-Star Classic uh, presented by Bell, and uh, that's happening in Laval early next month, February 5th and 6th, and uh, Igor Sokolov will make his first All-Star appearance. He'll join us in just a moment to talk about that and uh, how his season has been going so far as we continue on in this first episode of the Belleville Sends podcast on the Belleville Sends Entertainment Network. 
here with uh, Belleville Senators All-Star, Igor Sokolov. We haven't chatted since uh, the announcement. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Um, what does that mean to you to, to get that recognition? Um, and kind of as Troy pointed out to us, not just from uh, your club in nominating you, but from coaches around the division who, who vote on that selection. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. Obviously, you know, when uh, teams we play against, you know, 8 to 12 times a year and uh, they recognize me and, you know, they see that, you know, I'm pretty hard to play against. And, uh, yeah, I feel I feel like it's pretty awesome. You know, any player who got named there, I think they feel pretty special. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait, for, you know, looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, but now I just want to try to focus uh, on the games here in Belleville and, uh, you know, try to keep going our winning streak. Uh, do you feel like it's kind of a testament to the work that you've been putting in here over the last three seasons? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, like I said before many times that, you know, the, the hard work is going to pay off at some point. And, you know, now we see, you know, for me, you know, it's paying off naming an all-star game and, you know, kind of having a pretty good year in Belleville. So, yeah, I'm just trying to stay patient and control what I can. Uh, you've been having a great season as well and kind of setting some some record marks. You set the all-time franchise lead in goals. Uh, you're close on assists and points now. Um, what does that kind of mean to you to, to kind of be setting these records here? Uh, I mean, I'm just trying to play my game, obviously, and, you know, uh, you know, Troy's trusting me defensively, so I think I'm just trying to do my thing out there and, you know, try to play well without the puck. And once, you know, it comes down to making a small play or making a skill play, I, I know that I can take care of that. So mostly try to focus to play without the puck. Uh, you mentioned the team's winning streak right now. You've been w playing with Ridley Gregg and Victor Lodine recently and collecting some, some pretty cool uh, point streaks with them. Uh, what's it like playing with those guys? Uh, I think pretty awesome. I think me and Ridley already played over, you know, 15 games or something. I think we kind of already built that chemistry. But, you know, with Victor, you know, he had a... Pretty tough season with the injuries and stuff, but you know he's really underrated skill. So you know playing with them, you know the first game come back and uh, you know he has three assists and all of them, you know pretty nice. So you see what kind of skill he has and uh, yeah. But I think now just you know we we all realize how much closer we get off the ice. You know you try to build chemistry with one another and uh, yeah, it seems like we all can do any, anything. You know like you know Ridley's not afraid to go in front of net. I'm not afraid. So is Victor and we all kind of. You know, feel where one another, and just try to make plays when we when we have the place, and not try to force anything. If earlier in the season it kind of felt like teams were maybe shutting you down a little bit or focusing on you, does that open up a little bit more space playing on a line with two guys who are just as dangerous as you can be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, when you have you know Victor in the lineup, who's a game changer, and you know we're missing Robbie as well, who can you know put the puck in the net from anywhere. So I think you know missing Robbie and miss. Missing Victor kind of, you know, put a focus on me a little bit, but you know, right now we have loading in the lineup on the power play, and you know, he can rip the puck and score from anywhere. So I mean, it kind of opens up a little bit of space for me as well, and so is Ridley. A couple more minutes here with the Belvisons All Star uh, Igor Sokolov. Uh, last question for me on the All Star game, and then uh, we'll we'll touch on some other stuff here. Generally, uh, skills competition is the uh, day before. Is there an event that you're hoping to be able to take part in? I mean, I've been pretty hot in the shootouts this year, so I'm hoping to get in a breakaway, but probably not prefer doing the faster skater. But you know, I could be a dark horse out there. But yeah, probably shoot. Uh, you know, the breakaways or you know, accuracy shooting. I think it would be pretty cool as well. And, and I guess former uh, Sens captain Logan Shaw was named to the North division team as well so you'll get to play alongside him which uh, might might be nice yeah that, that'll be pretty awesome I think you know we kept it close and we skated all summer together so yeah it would be pretty awesome to see him and kind of play on the same team again and uh, yeah I can't wait to see him and you know just to share that moment with him uh, you've played in marquee events before you played in the world juniors now the all-star game ad do you kind of like relish in kind of having the spotlight on you like that 
No, absolutely. I mean, any player wanted to play in the World Juniors, obviously, and, you know, making an all-star team in, you know, in pro level is pretty cool. So I would say it's pretty awesome. And it's just like I said before, it's awesome to see the work I put in kind of paying off. So, yeah, obviously, you know, you know, if you ask any player if they want to be in an all-star game or World Juniors, they're obviously going to say yes. Um, you've been alternating games with points. I think you've got about 26 games without back-to-back -back pointless games. Um, what's kind of led to that consistency for you? I mean, I think from last year it's kind of, you know, Troy was mentioning, you know, my consistency. So, yeah, so this year I just tried to focus on being consistent every game. I can be having a, you know, four or five game, you know, four or five point game. And then, you know, next three, four, you can't see me out there, right? So I'm just trying to, you know, play every game as hard as I can, work hard and, uh, and just try to stay consistent as much as possible. So, you know, seeing, you know, that kind of stat, it says that, you know, I kind of work in my consistency and, you know, I'm happy with it. Uh, are, are those the keys to getting that eventual call up to Ottawa? And do you hear much uh, from uh, the folks in Ottawa about what steps might need to be taken still? Uh, for me, you know, I had a lot of conversations with Ben and uh, Troy and we've just talked control what you can, control the controllables. And, you know, last, you know, 10 to 12 games, I've been playing really well and, you know, I've been happy. Once, you know, I think Jake and Roy kind of got called up and, you know, obviously I'm happy for him, but it's a competition in between all of us. So that kind of gave me a little extra boost for me, you know, try to step up because my third year pro but yeah just hearing from them that they want more consistency and you know playing uh, playing well without the puck and then uh, just from a team perspective you mentioned the win streak how do you keep uh, rolling here right now on, on one of the uh, hottest stretches of the season yeah I think we just gotta stick with it and play the way we, we can play you know obviously hard you know check hard and you know we're missing a lot of bodies so you know we have a lot of guys in PTOs who are working hard and you know making it hard on the coaches to you know kind of cut them so I think just you know all four lines play uh, play the way they can and you know everybody playing their identity and I think it's just gonna pay off thanks Igor appreciate the time and congrats again thank you Reinhardt up through the middle over the logo it off on his right for Castles. Back into the slot for Sabarin, who scores! Scott Sabarin is on a four-game point streak as he ties the game midway through the third period. It's Sabarin's 12th of the season. And a career high for Scott Sabarin in goals as he scores his 12th of the season. One of the lone bright spots from last weekend as the Sens fell to the Cleveland Monsters on Friday and then again to the Manitoba Moose on Saturday as we continue on in this first episode of the Belleville Sens podcast. David Foote and Joel Vanderland here. And uh, before we get into this week, uh, let's talk about Scott Sabarin briefly because uh, what a season it's been for him already smashing the franchise record in uh, penalty minutes in a season and the overall franchise record for penalty minutes and as much as he has been an enforcer uh, he has been that uh, protector as needed he's also been one of the Sens uh, most successful offensive players this season and has uh, really had a very strong campaign so far he has and I think the big thing with him is the consistency he's finding his way uh, again on the scoreboard most nights now um, and a big part of that identity line with Cole Reinhardt and Cole Castles and just kind of playing the game uh, the way that Troy Mann's kind of preaching it as well and making sure that um, the team's moving in the right direction here, being a steady presence like you mentioned, and he's getting rewarded for it. He's got 12 goals in 34 games, up to 19 points now, and um, this team would, would 
where would they be without him? I guess is kind of the, <laughs> the 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 way we have to look at yeah. it a little bit too. Is um, that he's just been so consistent and so steady for this team. Wears a letter for a reason. Uh, good penalty killer. Gain a little bit of time on the power play now as well. Always good five on five. So a really positive uh, season from Scott Sabrin and uh, really. Really, um, from a fan's perspective, a fan favorite here, and you can see mm. why, like you mentioned, uh, can throw them uh, with the best of them, but also can put up some points, which is uh, which is awesome to see as well. Yeah, and uh, they'll need Scott Sabrin to be another big piece here this week as uh, the Sens play three games in four days, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Wednesday and Friday against the Toronto Marlies, Saturday against the Hershey Bears. Let's start with the matchup against Toronto. Belleville 2-4 and four against the division-leading Marlies, who have been an absolute powerhouse since week one of the AHL season. We mentioned it a little bit earlier on that the Sens are capable of beating this Toronto team, but they really have to put everything together. Yeah, and the Marlies uh, on a five-game winning streak coming in here to, to Belleville, and like you mentioned, they just can beat you in so many different ways. Their goaltending is very, very steady. Um, they can move the puck in transition with their blue liners. Noel Hoffenmeyer's having an outstanding season. And then up front, they're led by former Belleville Sens captain Logan Shaw, who will join Igor Saklov at the All-Star Classic, and he's having a tremendous year. And their secondary scoring is maybe their depth is as good as they come in the American Hockey mm. League, just three, four lines deep. So uh, they're going to be a handful. Uh, but like you mentioned, the Belleville Senators have been able to beat them this season. Uh, Igor Sokolov, Scott Saber, and Max Gannett among the points leaders for Belleville against Toronto this season. Uh, Sokolov with three goals and two assists over six games. Sabarin with two goals, two assists over six games, and then four helpers for Max Gannett. It just figures, you know, you, you, you come off a weekend where you've won three straight the week before. you got a couple struggling teams coming in. You figure, hey, this is going to be four and five in the streak. Should be no problem doesn't go that way, and then it's not any easier this week with two of the best teams in in the conference coming in. I think Sens fans know a lot about the Toronto Marlies with these teams already playing six times this season. How about the Hershey Bears? Uh, AHL fans recognize the name, one of the longest-standing franchises uh, in this league, team that's been able to string some wins together, and, and they pose some pretty big threats uh, on both sides of the puck, offensively and defensively. Yeah, and the Hershey Bears, like you mentioned, have one of the have the best record in the Eastern Conference, and they're led in net by Hunter Shepard, two thirteen goals against average, nine nineteen save percentage. He's a guy that's uh, very hard to beat. He's ten one and three on on the campaign, and then also offensively, Mark Mark Scarbosa can score. Uh, Ethan Frank's having a very good year. Um, you you just look, and they're just deep, and I think that's kind <laughs> of what the Bell Centers haven't had this year, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, a credit to them for, for being able to build this depth. Connor McMichael, a, a guy that uh, prospects fans would know, very good in London. Um, but if you look at it, I think the the key with them is they're deep. And uh, I think a lot of it has to do with everyone in this league is so good. It's just kind of finding the consistency, finding chemistry. Uh, and that's what Toronto and Hershey have been able to do this year. And the Hershey Bears, always a, a strong team. Troy Mann was there for majority of his career, though now he's been in Belleville just about as long as he was in Hershey. Uh, Senators' lifetime against the Bears, two wins, three losses, and a shootout loss uh, here in Belleville, 1-2. O and O, and again, the Sens will have to be uh, at the top of their game this week. 
in order to pick up some points against the Toronto Marlies and the Hershey Bears. Of course, you can stay tuned to the Belleville Sens social media throughout the course of the week. We've got all the build-up leading up to all the games, all of the pre-game info from Troy Mann, game planning and uh, roster info. He's always really open with us in terms of keeping us uh, up to date with what's going on with the club. And that's, again, part of the goal here on the show is to keep everybody up to date on a week-by-week basis with what's happening. And speaking of the Belleville Sens social media, we're going to take a real quick break when we come back the senator's uh, social media cohort we'll get his actual title from him when he comes in alex smith does a lot of our graphic design and social media he'll join us next for our first segment of get to know your fo get to know your front office on the belleville sends podcast so stay with us Into our final segment on this first episode of the Belleville Sends podcast. David Foote, Joel Vanderland here. And uh, one of the goals of this show is to try to introduce Belleville Sends fans to more than just the players. Everybody knows the guys on the ice who are out there every day with their names on their sweaters and, you know, their stats up online. And uh, everybody knows the players, point being. Uh, We've got a pretty small front office here that does a lot of work, and we really want to highlight uh, the folks that keep the team going on the day-to-day and keep everything ticking along and moving, and uh, that's brought us to the uh, segment that we're going to do right now, the uh, get-to-know-your-FO, get-to-know-your-front-office segment. Uh, Each week, we're going to introduce you to another member of our staff here uh, with the Belleville Senators. Uh, Our offices are uh, inside the Quinney Sports and Wellness Center on the second floor, and uh, our first guest this week is uh, our social media uh, coordinator extraordinaire. Alex, what is your title? It's Digital Marketing Coordinator. Digital Marketing Coordinator, which means what? Yeah, so essentially... um, (laughs) Helps just kind of finding digital strategies to really help uh, grow the team, right? So uh, working a lot with the social media side, uh, graphic design, um, all the trends of marketing and and just kind of finding ways to promote the team uh, from a digital side. So I'm going to get you to hold that thing a little closer to your face there. There you go. How about that? That's perfect. perfect. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, Alex is uh, one of the newer-ish members of uh, our staff. Joined the team, what, right near the end of last season, right? Yeah. I kind of... Came in right at the end of uh, the regular season, but it was good timing. I made it for the playoffs and uh, was able to enjoy that. So it was perfect timing. I think being able to get a few games under my belt before the summer and off season was good. Uh, so I wasn't coming into this season um, without any games. So it was a good time, I think. Uh, you're a Toronto kid. Um, mm-hmm. Went to University of Guelph. Find yourself here in Belleville now. How has uh, how has this kind of matched up to what you thought coming out of school and and diving right into the world of pro hockey? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Just thinking back, it hasn't been long, but uh, it's been a crazy past year. Um, going into my final year of university, it was still wasn't sure, like a lot of people, what what I wanted to do. But uh, I was able to get uh, join a club at Guelph uh, called the Sports Management Association. And uh, that really just opened my eyes to kind of what I wanted to do and um, just helped ease that transition from school to career. Um, so I was able to kind of work as a digital marketer for our association and, and uh, just kind of fell in love with the idea of working in sports. Obviously, as a kid, and sure, a lot of us at this office grew up with sports in mind all the time. Yeah, and, of course. Um, 
that was a goal. It, I, I wanted to be the next McDavid, but that obviously wasn't uh, in the <laughs> Didn't works, we all? So, didn't yeah. we all? So here I am, and I'm still just trying to keep the dream alive in sports and doing it from the business side, which, which I've been loving, and it's, uh, it's been a great experience. Uh, you, you mentioned you were always kind of geared to wanting to work uh, in sports. Was hockey kind of always your, your first love when it came to, uh, to working in, uh, in, in sports? But I, I, I played a lot of sports growing up, um, hockey, basketball, soccer, but hockey was where, um, was where my heart was, and I, uh, I played more competitively in that sport. Um, my whole family did, my sisters, my, my dad, so um, definitely fell in love with hockey and uh, kind of rode with that. And as a kid, that was the sport I thought I would uh, grow up playing and, and playing the rest of my life, but um, glad I was able to find a job where I could still be uh, around hockey so and I guess kind of looking from the outside and now being inside a professional sports organization what kind of surprised you and what kind of were things that you you thought you kind of knew but uh, are kind of learning now (laughs) as you go for sure no it's eye-opening for sure I um going into this I actually so I I travel with the team which I never would have expected to be doing um so that I think that's where I really get to see the behind the scenes of of this whole industry and really get a good taste of that so um, being able to travel with the team and just seeing the behind the scenes of how the team operates uh, on the road has been insane uh, and I'm super grateful that I'm even able to travel with the team be on the bus with the guys uh, so that's been awesome but uh, obviously the back end of everything we do here in the office is is crazy I didn't think this much work was really being put into uh, a, a sports uh, professional sports team so it's uh, I, I really give props to everyone in the sports industry who uh, you don't really see the front side of this, and uh, um, it's a grind. It's a grind. <laughs> it sounds like a cliche, right? Like every, you hear that all the time. Yeah, it's a grind. I'm grinding away, but until you're until you're in it, and yeah. and again, especially now that you're traveling uh, as well, it, you you really don't understand. I think the full scope of of what the grind actually means. Yeah, and, um, sure. You know, the, the, when I started traveling. Um, with the Belleville Bulls back in the day and the, the Peets, you kind of see it a little bit, but it's a completely different level now when you're here with a professional team. And the one thing I always say to people is the amount of work uh, that it takes to make professionals feel like professionals, and I'm talking about the equipment staff and those guys on the road, it's it's mind-blowing the commitment um, that those guys have to, to their craft. Uh, our equipment manager, Matt Mitchell, uh, his assistant, Mike Boys, and uh, the entire training staff, Craig Belfer, uh, Kevin Kozai, uh, etc. It, it's incredible to, to watch those guys work and, and to do their thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and the players are appreciative. They know that they wouldn't be there without uh, everyone else on staff, so it's great just being with everyone and, and seeing how everyone else contributes to the team to make things go. It's, it's, uh, really, it's really awesome. Um, looking at, uh, well, let's ask you some on-ice questions here. Uh, you're a hockey guy as well, and you oh, don't get to uh, do as much analysis <laughs> as, as Joel and I, but um, how have you thought uh, the season's gone so far for the team? Yeah, you know what? It's, um, I'd say streaky, but in, uh, in a good way. We kind of get to see both sides of, of things and how we kind of, overcome each each uh whether it's a losing streak or winning streak and and just finding ways and obviously there's so much movement i didn't really grow up watching much ahl obviously being from toronto it's Mm -hmm. really just watching the leafs so i see the nhl and you don't see too much movement with lineups and and guys going up and down but uh this league is a whole other level (laughs) in terms of that where 
it seems like it's a new roster every every game, as as we know. But um, yeah, it's it's great seeing the team adapt to to new players and and new systems each game. And um, I think it's it's great hockey. Like I I love it. Yeah. Uh, as a guy who grew up in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheering for the Leafs, admittedly. And I know there's a lot of our fans or hockey fans in Belleville that have this same, uh, we'll call it a dilemma, I suppose, but what's it been like working for the Senators and and having to kind of put that uh, blue and white fandom on the back burner? Yeah, you know what? It was uh, something I definitely thought of when I I accepted (laughs) this job. But it's crazy. I, like, my whole family would say, like, hey, are you going to be an Ottawa fan now? I'm like, and I told them at the beginning, I'm always going to bleed blue. But I'm, uh, I'm starting to, I, you know what, it's hard to, to not cheer for a team you work for and, and just seeing all the behind the scenes and what they're going through each day, um, it's, it's, it's been awesome. And I think I've, I've transitioned a bit. I didn't think I'd ever be this much of an Ottawa and Belleville fan, so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's, it's really hard not to root for the guys okay. that played here in Belleville and are now up in the NHL, regardless of what team they're from, because sure. uh, there are Belleville Sins grads all over the NHL now. And, uh, yeah, that's something that took a little bit for me to figure out, and I really do hope that some of our fans listening, um, you know, the hockey fans in Belleville that are struggling with that, uh, well, I've grown up liking the Leafs and the Belleville Sens are, are Ottawa's farm team. Uh, I really hope people can learn to separate that um, because that's going to go such a long way in uh, in terms of, you know, this team keeping its footing here in town and, and for us growing our fan support. So, uh, yeah, it's, and if you can do it, and I can do it. Uh, anybody Anyone. can do oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's, sure. uh, that's right. <laughs> All right. Um, the last thing that uh, we're going to do here as part of our first uh, Get to Know Your FO segment is uh, you get to pick who's next. Uh, you get to pick who uh, we'll speak with next week. So uh, put your name in the hat, or if you've got somebody on, on your mind, uh, who would you like to hear from next week? You know what? I, uh, I'd say the guy who helped uh, – I kind of helped in my um, – department he's been working with me quite a lot this ever since i started here i'd love to see garrett harvey and just see his perspective (laughs) all right um i feel like he's a good uh next ballot so garrett harvey you're up next you're up g uh garrett harvey will join us next week Uh, joel's looking forward to that Um, already i can tell yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be one you're not gonna want to miss yeah absolutely uh we'll also have uh, again uh, at least one other feature interview we'll recap you on uh the three games this week which again are toronto on wednesday and friday and uh, the Hershey Bears here on Saturday. One more reminder, you can get tickets anytime, 24-7 at Ticketmaster.ca or head to BellevilleSense.com. Uh, check out the promo packs that are on, and again, that's your best value if you're going to come out to a game. We hope to see you this week uh, as the Sens play three and then hit the road uh, for another long road trip. Again, uh, thanks to Joel Vanderland, uh, Alex Smith for their time. Thanks to you for listening. Uh, David Foote saying so long for this week. We'll talk to you next week on the Belleville Sens podcast on the Belleville Sends Entertainment Network.